when you think about friendship, what would you do for your friend? What would you do for that person that you consider a true friend? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what it is for, for Christians to have friendships, what it is to be faithful in our friendships. So if you have your Bible, let's turn to Proverbs 18 and 24. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. And we're going to read this a couple of different ways. Y'all can stand, absolutely. Some of y'all know, those of you that are visiting, you're going, what are we doing? As I said a few weeks ago, this is the calisthenics of the Baptist church. So this is our exercise program. The Bible says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Lord God, I pray that you would give us wisdom and discernment when picking friends. And not to be too quickly moved to friendship, but to really look at the person that we're desiring friendship with and to make sure that that person is someone that we should have in our life. Certainly we don't shy away from those in the world because they need the light of Christ, but those that we keep close to us, those that help us stay focused, Lord God, those are the ones that we really need discernment over. So Father, this morning, give us that wisdom. Show us the roadmap, Lord. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So a man who uh, has friends must himself be friendly. And what we recognize here in this particular passage uh, as we read it is that you and I, we will have friends. There will be people that we have around us, people that hang out with us, people that influence us. The question becomes, are those people the right folks? For me, my best friends are right here in this church. I often hear people talk about high school and all this different stuff. How many of you honestly hardly talk to anybody that you went to school with? Anybody else? I, anybody? Yeah, I hardly talk to anybody I went to school with. Those were not the people that really are shaping me. The people that are shaping me are the people that are inside the walls of this church. The people that are in this room are those that have begun to shape me, and they, they keep me in check the best that they can. Um, you, you stand by me. You stand by my family. I have said this numerous times. If something ever happened to me, I know that my family would be very well taken care of. There is not a doubt in my mind that this church and these people would step up in a heartbeat and make sure that everything was good with my family. And I know that because you are my friend. You are the, the people that, that have cheered us on. You have cried with us. You have walked with us. But the Bible also tells us uh, in a different way. It, it's the same verse. We're going to read it in a different way. This is the English Standard Version. It says, a man of many compassion or companions may come to ruin. You have to be very careful if you just go out and decide, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to let everybody in my life influence me. I'm going to have influences from every direction. Everyone can just come in and do whatever. I'm good with that. But you have to be wise when you start letting people influence you. 
Who are your influences? Who are those that you go to? I have a number of men outside of this church who I talk to. There are some in this church that I talk to as well about biblical issues, about church issues. But there are a group of men that I trust. There are a group of men that I can call upon and I can talk to. Uh, some of those are very near to me. They, they don't live far at all. Others live quite a distance, but we still are able to communicate. And I have people that, that I know that I have chosen wisely to help me walk through this life. Who are your friends? Who are the people that you honestly count on? I imagine if we were to be honest, those of you that have true, good, strong friendships, you don't have that many that you can count. Those true, strong, deep relationships that you have with people, there's, you're not going to have a number of those. There are going to be very few that you trust. And those are the ones that stick closer than a brother. Those are the ones that actually come alongside you, they walk with you, they talk with you. Now, when you think about this, a brother, how many of you in this room, your sibling is your absolute best friend? Anybody? Some of y'all have that? That's awesome. Let me tell you, my brother and I, we were never best friends, okay? Matter of fact, we were more of the fighting kind when we were kids. How many of you fought with your sibling as a child? Yeah. How many of you ever had a black eye from your sibling? Okay, some of y'all got that. How many of you ever gave a black eye to your sibling, right? How many of you ever sent your sibling to the emergency room? Don't lie. Man, some of you people are rough. Good grief. We ought to have prayer right now. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, um, when my mother watches this, I'm sure she's going to call me and go, I can't believe you admitted that you've hurt your brother and he hurt you. It was mainly my brother hurting me. I was precious and sweet as a child. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's right. I'm in church. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. The reality of it is, is that when you find that person that is a true friend, they're no longer friends. They're, they're actually your brother. They are your family. And, folks, that's what you need to be looking for as a Christian. Who becomes your family? Who do you pull close to you? Who are those people that you fully trust? I'm telling you that as a believer, as a Christian, and I, I'm serious about this, and I, I can't say this enough, I strongly believe that your best friends should come from within the Christian circle. You're like-minded. You have the same ideas, the same desires, the same goals. And so the people that you Truly come alongside, the people that come alongside you ought to be from within the Christian circle because that's where the influence should come from, from scriptural influence, biblical influence, Christian integrity. Those are the things that you want around you. And when you're looking for a, a spouse, you want someone that can be your friend, your best friend, that person that you can talk to, the one you can share your dreams with. That's why I believe, without a doubt, the Bible is very clear that you should not be unequally yoked when it comes to marriage. The importance of both spouses being believers, of both spouses walking with God. 
that when it comes to those around you, whether it's your girlfriends or your, or your guy friends, whoever it is, you keep those people within the circle of Christ. Now, does that mean that I don't become friends with people that don't know the Lord? No, because how else are you going to influence the world? You become an acquaintance, you become someone who knows those people around you, and you become a, peop- a person of influence, but you have to be careful not to let them influence you. You and I have a responsibility to take the gospel to the world. What greater friend is there than one who would share the gospel? Just make sure that those who are closest to you are those who walk with God. I am truly blessed to be a man who has people that I know Walk with God. And those are the very people that I call my best friends. Exodus, we find here, it says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And then it goes on to say, And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. That's the full of the verse, but the, the, the gist of the verse that we want to understand is that God saw Moses and spoke to him as a friend. There's a man that I know, his name is Jesse, very godly man, man that I respect deeply. I, I, I think of him, I call him, not like I used to, but I, we still talk quite a, uh, quite a bit throughout the, throughout the year and I'll just kind of call and check on him. If I don't check on him, he's checking on me through Sam Craig and other things. But, but Jesse is a man that I'm telling you, every morning he rises early because he wants to have a face-to-face with God. Every morning to start his day, the first thing he does is he gets up and he spends time with his friend, with God, in the word, in prayer. He's a man that I have watched over the years be challenged with a lot of different things, but yet those challenges have never once caught him off guard. He is faithful. Why? Because he wakes up and starts the day with God. I'm telling you, I have never seen it in my life like I've watched it with him. The man could see things coming before they ever got there. Why? Because he had spent time with God and discernment was given to him. The longer we spend time with God, the closer that we are with God, the more we are kept from being caught off guard. Could someone say this about you, that you and God have a friendship, that you and God have a, have a relationship that is strong? Or is the only time that you're friends with God is when you need something? Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat speaking here to the Lord about the, the people, about God's people. It says, are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever again? We see this word friend. We continue to see it used over and over and over again. And in the Hebrew here, we, we see that. We see the symbolism there. And it means literally to be a friend, a companion, associates with and for whom there is an affection and personal regard. 
This is the idea of what God desires to have with us, a relationship, one that com- where communication is there, one where we are talking to him and we are listening through the word of God as to what the answer would be. You see, God should be our first and closest relationship. God should be our first and closest Where do you normally go? When something in life happens, do you run to your best friend on earth? Is that the first place you go? God should be the first place. The very first friend that we think of, the very first relationship that we think about when something in life happens should be God. Immediately. And then if we have the right friends, guess what? They'll come alongside us and they will help us walk through it. Remember, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Y'all remember Job? How many of you have ever read the story of Job? Man, Job was, he was a godly man who basically just God came in and allowed the testing to happen and he lost all these things. And I'm gonna tell you, I believe that Job probably thought After this all happened, after it was all over with, he probably got to thinking, I need to choose my friends a little bit better. You remember what his friends came along and did? Job, you've done something to make God mad. You have angered the Lord. If those are the type of friends that you have that all they want to do is point out your faults, all they want to do is try to find fault with you, those are the the wrong friends. Those aren't the ones that you want to have around. You want to have godly friends. I think about 1 Samuel. And in 1 Samuel, we read uh, chapter 17, uh, verse 55 through chapter 18, verse 1. It says, when Saul saw that David going out against the Philistines, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Do you see the friendship that that happened here? Jonathan saw in David godliness. Jonathan saw in David fearlessness. Jonathan saw in David a faithfulness that would take him all the way to to take, take on somebody who was probably twice his size. And yet he went with faith. And the Bible says that Saul or that Jonathan was knit, literally brought together to the soul of David. Can I share something with you? Be very careful who you give your soul to. Be very, very careful who it is that you draw close to you. Because those people that you share everything with will be the people that will have influence over your life. And if they don't love God above all things, you will be easily led astray. 
think about all these churches that are so full. I mean, I'm talking about they are packed full. And the preacher has them all deceived. He's filthy rich because of their tithes and offerings. If one of them got sick, he wouldn't even know what hospital they were in. Can I tell you what I love about this church? You allow me to stand beside you. You allow me to come in and to see the worst in your life. You allow me to come in and to walk with you and to talk with you. And it's a blessing for me. And I have many friendships in this room. And there are many of you that I have trusted with things in my life that I wouldn't have trusted anybody else with. And you have helped me navigate those. Why? Because our souls, our lives are knit together. That's what God does with true Christian friends. A lot of you are trying to make friends with whoever. You just want, you're just looking for a friend. Listen, your friendships, if you're a believer, should come from within the church. Let's look at Mark chapter 2. This is Mark chapter 2, and we're going to begin here in verse 1. It says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he, Jesus, was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever had a, had a friend of yours that was hurting? Someone who was, who was down, someone who is truly having some issues in life. I wonder how many of you would carry your friend to wherever it is that they needed to go. I want to tell you a blessing in this church. I have watched this church come alongside those of you that have suffered with cancer. I've watched this church come alongside some of you that were suffering with other things, and they have picked you up at your home, taken you downtown to the hospital. And I know who some of these people were that were driving you, and just to ride with them took faith, and I get that, okay? But I'm telling you, I have watched them come alongside you, and they have walked with you through this. They have gone with you through this. That is friendship. These four men have a friend. They hear about the great healer who's in the house. Verse 4 says, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. These friends loved this man so much that they were willing to destroy, probably, by the way, Peter's house. There's a really good chance this was Peter's house. They were willing to destroy this man's roof just to help their friend. Can I tell you what? There's not a lot of friendships left like this in the world today. I, I hate to say this, but, but most friendships are based upon what the other person can do for you. These four men didn't care. These four men said, if we got to break through the roof... Let's get our friend to Jesus. What would you do to get your friend to Jesus? Would you willing to be embarrassed enough to share the gospel? Embarrassed enough? What do you mean? 
some of the hardest people it is to share the gospel with are our friends. You all agree with that? And family. These four men didn't care. They couldn't figure a way through the crowd, so they just went up on top of the roof, broke through that mud roof and dug through it and, and, and lowered their friend down. You say, what's the big deal? Well, let's look at verse 5. This is the big deal. When Jesus saw their faith. He doesn't say he saw the faith of the paralytic, does it? Whose friends? It was the friends that he saw their faith. It was the fact that people loved him enough that Jesus said, I, I will answer your faith. The faith of four men, the faith of friendship. What do you pray for one another? What do you pray for one another? Listen to what happens. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Now you keep reading and it talks about the scribes getting upset. They say that he was blaspheming. And then they say, who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus immediately knew what was happening. And it says in the spirit that they reasoned with us within themselves. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Why? Because he had the right friends. Folks, who influences you? Who is it that you allow into your life? Could you be that kind of friend that no matter what is happening in life, you are there ready for them? You will stand by them? Listen to what John 15 says. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. What does that look like? Well, it looks like this. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for his friends. Young people, listen to me. There has to come a point in your life where you and I understand life is not about what you can get. The Christian life, once we are born again, life becomes about what we can give. What are you giving? How much are you putting out there for your friends? Jesus goes on to say, you are my friends if you do what I tell you to do. 
if I'm going to love you, I want to love you the way that Christ did. And that means that if I have to give up my own life in order to help you, so be it. The importance that we have in following Christ. Our friends should understand that. Those that are closest to you, do they bring you closer to God? The people that are closest to you, do they bring you closer to God? And finally, the last question would be very simple. Do you bring your friends closer to God? Are you a good friend? Are you worth having close? I watch so many people walk through this life kind of aimlessly. They have no clue where they're headed, what they're doing. And those people like that, you can look at their friendships and see that they don't have the right type of friends around them. Do you have friends that are willing to ask you hard questions? Do you have friendships within the church where people will hold you accountable? These two young boys that were baptized today, one of the things we talked about as followers and believers in Christ is obeying your parents. It's following Christ. That's just one of the things that should kind of be a goal of their life now. Mom and dad speak. We listen. We, we want to be obedient because we want to follow God. If we learn now to follow authority when we're young, we will easily follow God's authority as we get older. Teach your children when they're young to be a good friend, to be a godly friend, so that when they're older, they can be considered wise, and people will desire to follow their leadership. Why? Because they're following God at a young age. Are you a good friend? Are you one that is worth having around? If we're to be honest, I imagine that there are days we're not the greatest of friends. Sometimes we lead people astray from God. Sometimes we get upset enough that we kind of say what we think instead of thinking about what we're going to say. Y'all ever been guilty of that as a friend? Well, it's about time somebody tells them. Yeah. The problem is we're not the Holy Spirit, right? But we still have to come alongside our friends. And if we're godly and if we desire to walk with God and with our friends, we're willing to ask hard questions and we're willing to push towards faithfulness. Who are the people that you keep close? Well, I believe that if you are a Christian, they should come from where? Within this place. But I still got to deal with those on the outside, right? I don't shun them. 
I can't build me a little bubble to keep people out. But those that are inside that bubble have great influence. And then outside of that bubble are those places or those people that I'm faithful with. But again, you can't just build that bubble and say, nobody else, I have no influence outside of this. You got to be willing to go outside and deal with those people that are out there. Bring the good news of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for the call to friendship and for the call to pick godly people as our friends. Those friends are the people who have influence over us. These are the very people who walk with us and lead us and guide us and give us direction. So, Father, may we pick those friends wisely and may they be people who we know love you above all things. I thank you that as a pastor, I have people even in this church who help hold me accountable. And I'm thankful, Father, that there are people in this church that I understand have wisdom. And I don't have to make every decision by myself. Lord, I pray that we will understand that this is a great place to build relationships. Right here inside the walls of this church. I pray for these men, these young men who were baptized today, all three of them. And I pray, Father, that as they look at their life, and especially these two young ones grow, and Lord, as Jason continues to grow in his faith, God, may they always look to see who is, who, who's influencing me in my life. Who are the people that I put around me? Father, we must choose wisely and seek people that will love you above all things.